You're cute. You're the student who started working here today, right? Hey there, welcome to Friend Request, a podcast where we take a look at two different relationships and basically talk out what makes them so special. I'm Jennifer Uncle with Scanline Media, and joining me today, is, as ever, is my co-host and fellow Scanline Media um, writer, <laughs> uh, Colin Detmar. Hey, you folks. How's it going? So, uh, this week we're going to start off by talking about... Titus and Yuna from Final Fantasy X, which uh, I'm not entirely sure how Colin, what Colin thinks about Final Fantasy X, because it's a pretty divisive game, but we'll see mm, what happens. Yeah, you know, mixed. But <laughs> So the thing that really captured my attention over the years with Titus and Yuna specifically is... With most JRPGs, or RPGs in general, you tend to play as this hero character that guides everyone, that everyone kind of swarms around, and you lead them on this great journey to vanquish evil. In this case, you're pretty much one of the party members instead of the actual leader. So Titus, after being the star for maybe an hour or two, basically watching his home world be destroyed and being trans- transported thousands of years ahead in time. He comes across Yuna, who is this chosen mage-slash-priestess uh, who is supposed to essentially drive away Sin, the same force that destroyed Titus's hometown thousands of years ago. And basically, a lot of it is a humbling experience for Titus, like he has to, at some point near the very beginning, you, as Titus, basically stumble into Yuna's ceremony, where only she is supposed to get through it, and the game kind of gives you crap for that, because (laughs) she kind of knows what she's doing for the most part, and you're just someone who showed up out of nowhere and just assumes, hey, everything's about me, so I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to go ahead and do... I'm going to go ahead and force my will upon these years and years of traditions and people who probably know better than I do. And in some cases, you kind of are rewarded for that. Like, Yuna ends up getting caught with this person who looks like he's on the level named Seymour who ends up trying to marry her in order to advance his own evil goals and you basically lead some of the others in crashing the party and getting her out of there and there's a bit of romance going on between the two of you but for the most part it seems some it seems like something that she is She's pushing herself, like, any of those specific moments. She tends to be the one that's mostly in control. And that's kind of refreshing for a game that's mostly guy gets the girl. It's kind of the other way around. She ends up falling... Well, she ends up getting really close to you on her own accord, it feels like. And that's kind of complicated when you realize that uh, Titus actually didn't... Well. 
spoilers for should we keep doing spoilers or should we just I mean for this for this one like it's it's a pretty old game and we already spoiler s- spoiled the Seymour thing yeah. um which you know is not that like the guy shows up and it's like oh boy this guy looks like a Castlevania villain um oh, yeah. so it was not like the biggest spoiler he's he's the most blatantly like they they do not do a good job of hiding the fact that he's ultra evil yeah his um, his main summon is this giant in chains that cries blood and attacks people that way but yeah um back to Titus and Yuna basically you find out that Titus wasn't really so much someone who made it out of the Xanarchan disaster in One Piece. And she basically has to deal with the fact that the person that she's grown pretty close to is more or less, both literally and figuratively, a ghost of that time. And that adds this interesting dynamic of he really is displaced in a way that's totally unnatural and the game kind of catches up with him for that. And Yuna being only someone who met him out of pure circumstance and decided to take him on and ended up kind of liking him has to deal with the consequences of basically growing close to someone who might have not always been there there. And that's a super interesting direction for a story like this to take, and a relationship to take. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff in that with, um, like, I mean, with the ending, and and then and then on to Final Fantasy X two, where um, they beat Sin, and yeah, like specifically, Titus is like created out of Sin dreaming, um, and so killing Sin makes Titus disappear. Um and yeah, like a lot of a lot of Final Fantasy ten two is her searching for him because she gets a hint that he might actually be alive. Yeah, I never actually played too much of ten two, so I wasn't entirely sure how that eventually played out, but I got the impression based on the way that ten ended that it Titus's status in that world was pretty final. Which I'm sure delighted some people because there's a lot of people who really don't like his bratish behavior and actually think that it might detract from it instead of kind of adding to this weird, unusual sort of take on this sort of character. But, yeah, what can you do? do? Yeah. It is what it is. I don't know. I, I I thought the relationship was good. I didn't like Titus as a character, but the relationship was good because it was a good, like... Looking at it as he's he's a member of Yuna's party um, rather than the opposite, it's like he's a really good character to have in that party because he's just, like, he he kind of rejects tradition on its face like not every time but generally he's like wait why is this tradition this seems stupid um and and is is just someone like yuna can talk to about like this feels kind of crazy to me and, and and basically every time we'll be like yeah titus is like yeah this seems all fucking completely insane i don't know how <laughs> you guys do it yeah it's just interesting to have a story told from the sidekick's perspective rather than the hero themselves more or mm-hmm. less and, and yeah, I, I'm 
I guess that's all I have to add on that. Yeah. Well, I think that's not like we're not going to get into it now, but that's an idea that I think carries on into uh, Final Fantasy twelve, where they are again interested in, in having the game star a sidekick um, who's even more annoying. <laughs> so, but that's not that's not what I have brought today. What I have brought today is uh, Sayako Uehara from Persona four. Um, she represents the uh, Devil Arcana social link in that game, and she is. Uh, she is a nurse, and her, this relationship in particular is between her and the protagonist, um, canonly named Yu Narukami. Less canonly named Charlie Tanoku. Um, <laughs> so, she's a nurse working at the local hospital, um, specifically at night, um, and you can, like, the player can encounter her basically by working as a janitor at the hospital. Um, and it's, I had a lot of, I, I did a lot of thinking about this character recently with some of the talk that was going on with Persona 5 and the adult relationships in that game, right? Yeah, there's also a doctor character in Persona 5 that you can get into a pretty close relationship with. Yeah, um, and I, it, it, it seemed weird to me because like, I don't think those those comments about, about Persona 5 were out of line, but it did kind of feel to me like people had forgotten how how far the relationship in Persona 4 went um you don't like there there are dialogue choices it doesn't have to go this way but like absolutely that relationship becomes sexual right like those characters have some sex <laughs> <laughs> um there are some like she takes you behind curtains and talks about teaching you anatomy and then it fades to black and she gives like a little foo 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 laugh. I mean, like it's pretty <laughs> like it's pretty blatant what is happening there. Um, and that's interesting. Not just cause it's like, Oh, Hey, you get to have sex with a nurse, right? Like fucking. Okay. Sure. Um, the reason it's interesting is because of, of her whole situation. Um, she is a um yeah, she is a nurse. She has moved to this hospital um because she had a, a previous um relationship at a at a different hospital um with a doctor who turned out to be married. Um and that like shouldn't shouldn't be messing around with married people and that went badly, right? Yeah. And so she transferred to this other hospital and she's like she's pretty stressed out and she's starting to like and then like one of her patients um from her previous hospital that she she was really close with died. Um that happens during the course of the social link and she starts to become like a really like like intense kind of like angry workaholic who's like yelling at her her other coworkers for not working hard enough. Um like like you know, because like, oh, you know, more people could die. Um, and sort of taking this out on the protagonist in a weird way where she just gets ultra like seductive and flirty because this is like her one outlet is this teenager with a rag who's hanging around. Um, and assuming you, you pursue the social link all the way through, you help her figure out like what's kind of really going on is that she's, you know, like 
she's not coping with the, with the loss of this patient and she's not like she's she's repeating previous mistakes and it's like okay last time things got stressful for you you started messing around with someone nearby and then that went bad like does it seem like maybe there's a pattern of behavior here and so she sort of she figures this out she sort of recenters herself on her original motive for being a nurse and then eventually leaves and goes and joins Doctors Without Borders. Um, but it's a really... Um, it's just a really interesting relationship because it's... I feel like creepy is a little bit of, an, of, a, of a strong statement, right? It's taking it a little... It's being a little harsh. But the relationship is really unhealthy and you're trying to turn it health healthy is, is is generally i mean if most of your your dialogue options are trying to be helpful um but in order to do that you kind of have to engage with this lady in an unhealthy way and it's a really interesting dynamic and also yeah it seems like everybody forgot about the fact that you had sex with a nurse because they're really worried about you having sex with a journalist now like yeah no that's a problem but like there is precedent this is not new <laughs> Yeah, um, two things about that. One, I do kind of find it interesting that with part of her redemption arc being, I've got to I've got to stop kind of having these close relationships in the hospital. It ends with her, well, potentially ends with her, kind of having a really close relationship with you. And mm. uh, the other thing is, I think that the reason that the backlash about uh, Kawakami, the teacher, and the nurse character in Persona 5 was a lot bigger is because the audience for Persona 5 had grown to a point where any any backlash that came out was much larger and more severe. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, there, there are decent logical reasons. But it's like, I mean, honestly, those relationships... I don't, I don't think those are, like, super healthy relationships, right? But at least, like, in those, it feels like everyone is consenting as as far as they can legally, you know, minors being what they are and everything. And in this, it's just, like, she is so stressed out that you are her only outlet. And that's, that's way more unhealthy, to my mind, you know? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So I don't know. It's it's a it's. I think it's a really well written and and fascinating social link. It's one of my favorite in the game, but it's really messed up. <sighs> um, and it turns out well. And then like, and then later on, you you hear one of the one of the other nurses be like, "Oh man, like Sayako's doing great. Seems like she really got inspired by her younger boyfriend." And you're like, mm. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> "I don't know if I like this." <laughs> so, yeah. <sighs> also, apparently, there is a, a reference to her very briefly in uh, Persona Five, which I did not know. But the she... the doctor in Persona Five calls a hospital and and talks to someone called Uehara-san, which is like, mm, yeah, interesting. But oh, that's yep, where yep. the connection is. Okay. Mm-hmm. For a second, I thought you meant the patient or something like that. No, no. Apparently, apparently the two call each other, um, but that's it. So, yeah, um, I think that's probably it for this episode. Thanks everybody for uh, for sticking around. Um, 
I want to give a big thank you to Krista Lee for her track Hearts Burning Bright, which you can hear as our intro and outro music here. It is from her album Welcome to the Fantasy Zone, which you can find on Bandcamp and purchase there. You can go to oldpoorpup.bandcamp.com to see her entire discography, including Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. We're very grateful to have it as our intro and outro music here for Friend of Quest. We think it's a very, a very good tone setter for, for what we're trying to do here. Uh, if you like our work, you can go to scanlandmedia.com and read more articles and see more podcasts and such from us. If you like that work, you can go to patreon.com slash scanlandmedia and chip in to help us cover more site costs and get more hardware and stuff. None of that money goes into our pockets it's just for extending our coverage via equipment and games and the like. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at at6264 if you've got any questions, comments, suggestions, or the like. And you could also send them to JBU3 on Twitter. That's Jen. Yep. And uh, thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Have a good one.